Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. How long gone is here? My name is Jason. I just made a plain French omelet. I'm going to eat it a little bit and I'll edit out the chews. Sorry. What's up, Chris? That's actually funny. I had an omelet uh, for lunch at Balthazar just moments ago. What flavor? Plain. <laughs> That's what I'm having. Yeah. Plain with a little Gruyere, um, which is, you know, makes, uh. makes it a little bad boy. But if they offer cheddar Gruyere, I, I'm not, it's not even French cosplay. I just prefer a Gruyere in a, in a French style omelet with just a light dusting of herbs on top. Oh, now there's herbs. Wow. This plain omelet. <laughs> this plain omelet's taking a turn. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was nice though. It was a nice quiet. If you go to Balthazar at like 1130, it's the perfect time because it's, it, it's not lunch and breakfast is over. So there's like a 30 minute, 45 minute window where people aren't there. Or, or it's it's less busy than than normal. It's like when I go to horses at five fifteen. It's just I did see friend of the show Kid Leroy uh, having lunch as well. So it's you know it was a it was a heavy room. It does sound like a heavy room. How is um how is Balthazar doing nowadays? I don't know if I'm ever gonna go there again. I mean it's fine, but like there's so many places to go to. As it's a, absolutely rammed at all times, except except for like eleven thirty. But it's also it's one of those rare places that is actually a mix of tourists and locals yeah like yeah. it's it might even be 50 50 you know what i mean even it, like I, I think it's at that it's beloved enough where it's not totally overrun mm. with a family f- you know a rich family from minneapolis and 50 50 is a pretty aspirational split i got do you think um what do you think the sometimes sp- split at uh at superiority burger is i mean i think there, there are. I'll, I'll say seventy thirty local, local to church. Yeah, there's definitely tourists at Spirity Burger, but they're like, you know, they work in a bar in Milwaukee and are here to see a band play for the weekend. <laughs> you know, it's it's an easier proposition. It, no way. Yeah. No way. 100%. Just, just because it you, just because it has a working class feel, it's still like written about and reviewed in major newspapers and publications. Bro, and- I've been to that. I've been to that place ten times. The crowd don't look like people that are reading <laughs> food publications. <laughs> I'll tell you well, that how right do now. These, uh, how do these set set builders afford to eat there is what I want to know. I mean, know. I think also I think the thing about Superiority Burger, a place like that, is that if you're a vegetarian or vegan or whatever, you are it's like a it's a fun thing to like splurge on. Mm-hmm. You, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's like a foot like that's there's always been places like that in like vegetarian and vegan eating where it's like, yeah, this is a little more than I'd like to spend, but mm. there's not that much for us. So I'm going to go crazy, but also Spirit Burger last night, Cho and I didn't go crazy and it wasn't that bad. Okay. You know, if you go crazy, it's bad, but we were also <laughs> gifted. We were also gifted some desserts from the kitchen. So, you know, that took, that took some off the bill, but if you go crazy, I mean, 
That is bad. That but, is bad. Uh, just what in was general. The, what was the dessert? Yeah, just in general. What was the dessert of the night? They're always doing something with the sweets over there. We had the malt cake thing, which I've had before, but sure. Cho ordered something. Cho is an expert, and he ordered something called, I think, pearl pie that was kind of like a yeah. guava, like a pie with tapioca, and then, but like a pie crust, mm -hmm. and it was fucking delicious and he thought i wasn't gonna like it and i loved it actually actually so I, have a, I have a good pearl pie at superiority burger story the last time i was there i went solo on a by myself mission i ate there at the bar you know standard shit i ordered my classic peanut coca-cola add bourbon and then uh, there was a guy who sat right next to me also a solo diner and his only meal for dinner was eating two slices of pearl pie <laughs> bro say <laughs> say what's up next time <laughs> i so i did he was looking around he was he wasn't he knew he knew he, he knew. wasn't performatively ordering and eating it but he wanted to know he wanted everyone in the room to know like this guy, you know, it's like the t-shirts that say who has two thumbs and likes to fuck. Yeah, yeah. It, it was yeah. like, he was like that. <laughs> like he wanted everyone to see this motherfucker loves pearl pie so much. And I, so I asked him about it. And he's like, yeah, you know, it's just like my thing. I, you know, I might get a third slice. Do you think that's great? You know, to be to be fair, the, the to be fair, the dessert portions are quite slender. They are. You know, they are not. You're you're not getting a, a San Vicente bungalows level cake slice no. over there. It's it's <laughs> no, a no. it's a delicate it's a delicate. This is this is not slice. a it's not a cheesecake factory. It's more of a cheesecake. What would you call it? What's a good word for a small factory? Uh, I. <laughs> <laughs> What's, what's the antithesis of I a think, factory? I, I I don't know. Okay, it's a it's a cheesecake DIY craft yeah, project. It's, I mean, something. it's very DIY. But the, we were talking last night, and the they're like, I guess they're pushing their like people don't realize you can go drink there like at night, like you can go at midnight and get a vodka soda and a piece of cake or whatever, yeah. which yeah, is that's been that's been like that the entire time. No, I understand that, but I don't think people are. I don't They're trying think, to push it. Yeah, I don't think customers. Spot. I don't think customers re like. I think they realize it, but they don't think of it. And in the East Village, your options are shitty, disgusting bars or Superiority Burger. I'm I'm choosing Superiority Burger if I <laughs> you know if I had to, if, if especially if desserts. Any in more play. information on these um, shitty, disgusting bars? I please? mean that the East Village is is basically one shitty, disgusting bar with a sprinkling of great restaurants, you know, and, and some bookstores. That's kind of what the whole. You ain't wrong. That's what the whole proposition is. Um, really, really quick i wanted to do a quick plug uh, we there's a lot to talk about it but i think we can talk about all of it all of our interest stuff with our guests uh, so that part is good but i'm uh for our la residents i'm djing a uh, a charity event on january 20th at the lodge room where we've done a couple hell and gone shows it is the uh, the second annual abortion access benefit series it's a night of music bands djs and all that stuff it'll be uh it'll be me appearing alongside who else is djing joyce manor so fred from burger lords is stoked with that band ceremony black marble <laughs> um they happen to oh uh, yeah kate bollinger patriarchy reggie watts oh uh, this, so this is a, this is this is east side la royalty plus yeah, them is. jeans plus them so jeans. they're <laughs> plus them jeans so um they were nice enough to so there's two rooms there's like the the main room where the bands are going to play and then there's the side room where the djs are at yeah. And they gave me that nice uh, 8 p.m. to 9 p.m. time slot in the side room while Blonde Shell and Tim Heidecker are playing in the mid <laughs> main room. So it's going to be awesome for me. Oh, 
Oh, sorry to hear that. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I guess I guess because it's for charity, you couldn't really kind of clap back on that. You know, you kind of have to just no. Just I clap like, back. I clap back in the email. Shout out to my girl over at Ground Control. I'm sorry for being a C U N T Y, but you know, we got to have a little fun with it. And she listens to the pod, so I I, I am giving a, a plug for it, even though I just went to the website and noticed that it is sold out. So oh wow, I don't know how this works. If me doing a plug for this on how long gone? I mean, obviously bands pay you know brands pay what tens of thousands of dollars for that. So I don't know how many drink tickets that is. I want to be clear. I want to be clear though to to people that know know Jason. You can't ask him in the list for a charity event. Just just so you know, that's not <laughs> that's just kind of that's just kind of bad form in my personal. Would you opinion. believe me if I told you I've tried? No, I'm sure you've tried. I, I'm just letting people know if you're thinking about that, don't. Uh -huh. you, you can you'll have to take it up with them next year. Your name's not down. Um, yeah. So I will be doing an hour long set. And since it is for charity and I can't find my DJ bag with my USB in it, I will play the new burial. Uh, it's two songs, so that should cover 38 minutes of my 60-minute set. <laughs> yeah, that's about to uh, say. The songs are not released well, that's a yet. bathroom break. Of course, I have the high-resolution wave files ready to go. White, white white label rips so come it'll be a burial listening party for charity did you did you actually listen because i i got the email with the songs in it but i didn't listen to the songs are they did you listen to the songs uh, well, i mean i i pirated them last week uh of course oh okay 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 i didn't know it was something that is okay so is it as boring as usual is it less boring what's the now that he's on xl you know i know things have changed according to you <laughs> so did the music suffer the, the music is the same you fucking Bitch. That's good. No, that's good. That's good. I'm but glad. It, is, I'm glad. It, it is weird to see the kind of forward-facing PR email in the inbox, like, "Yo, what's up, fellow DJs? You know, here's the new one from Burial. Drop me." Like that kind of thing didn't really happen for the old Burial when he was on Hypertub. <laughs> Because it would just be like a, it would be like a blurry YouTube video, or no, or no, no. It, it would like be it would be like like you like there's like two different tiers of like DJ promo marketing emails where it's like the one that you sent me where it's like more mainstream PR shout out to all of our PR mm -hmm. fam, but you know, it's like it's like a nice bio and there's like colors and highlights and links yeah. and here's this and embargoes and yeah, dates a, and a full bio a full bio at the bottom just in case full you bio new know. pictures blah 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 and, and then the other one is just straight from the DJ themselves blank at gmail.com oh, and the, okay. it's just a text email that says like Instead of saying like, hey guys, it just says safe with a comma <laughs> and then it's like a couple new tunes. Okay. So, if you like them. So it's good. so it's he, a little and then, and then it's just a simple Dropbox or we transfer whatever. Okay. That, so I mean, obviously both of these serve a purpose, which I understand the ne the necessity for. Yeah, for, of course, for of course. Um, but I just something for the weekend, something for the ravers, something for the weekend. Um, sp <laughs> speaking of the weekend, I'm going to see the charlatans and ride tonight at Webster oh, Hall. Nice. And nice. I'm taking I'm taking uh my friend Adam that I work with at J Crew who's who's British and like grew up in the same town, so he's very excited oh. to meet Tim. He must be chuffed as he's chuffed as hell. Um, so I'm I'm excited to I'm actually before that though I have to go to uh sponsor of the show Hauser and Worth the Cindy Sherman show opens tonight on Wooster Street. So I'm going to go tap Let's go. Okay. I'm going to go tap in with the Shermanator um, and then head over to big, big, cold New York night out. I can't wait. I, w I wonder. I, I was still wondering. And I was asking about this when we did the episode with Tim from the charlatans. And I was like, do we do we uh, in the in the episode description? Do I say the charlatans or the charlatans UK? 
And if you look at the photos of his tour so far, where he'll like post the mm-hmm. a billboard or a marquee sign, still it's like fifty percent of their out of office or any like it still says sometimes UK and sometimes not. The like the one tour poster will say UK. One of them will just say the charlatans. It's so, it's and so I wonder str- if there's str- continuity issues. What's it, going on here? It's so strange to me because I think that that's like promoters taking poetic license, you know. But I also think that there's not Maybe. another band called the Charlatans, so there's no need to say you can <laughs> You know what I mean? It's not. It's Maybe there was at one point. I mean, I just remember being like a teen and getting into Britpop and being like. Yeah. It's cool that this band lets you know that they're British in the name. I, I bet it's something weird that stuck. Like I bet they like the first time they came to America, somebody did that and they thought it was funny and they went with it for a while. Is is probably what it what it was. And now there's some confusion in the marketplace. I feel like it must have been some sort of lawsuit thingy. Maybe it didn't even need to be a band, but it was just some kind of thing. Oh, named. Where they're like, all right, we're just gonna add. We're gonna add the UK to the end of. And then you know whatever thirty years have passed, and everyone's like, hey, "We'll just we're gonna we're gonna let slide the copyrights." We're grandfathered in. in. Yeah, we're, the copyrights actually expired. Um, all right, we do have a guest today, uh, friend of the show. He he's been on before. Um, New Yorker uh, staff writer. His new book, Filter World, uh, is out everywhere now. Kyle Chaka is going to join us. I think he's actually in New York because he did a uh, he did a reading last night at uh, the McNally Jackson uh, Seaport location. Um, mm-hmm. which was which was hosted by Huey, who who we also had on the show. Yeah. Um. So it's just a real family family affair over here. Pulitzer you know? Prize winning author of Stay True. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So Stay True, Sue. You Sorry, go you ahead. guys you guys I'm sure follow Kyle online and his kind of um his beat of of like the internet and trends that that surround it. Um. Mm-hmm. It speaks to me me especially because. Kyle and I are very similar in age. Like he just wrote this thing about the New Yorker about like the early days of his internet, and it's like it mirrors. You know, it's, it's very very similar to mine. Mm, um, so mm. I, I think that's much I, to I discuss. You want you want to? If I'm an editor and I need eleven thousand words on coffee shops and how they used to be, Kyle's the man you're going to call for that, right? The only. Why do they all look the same in Sydney, New York, L.A., Hong Kong? Why? Why is that happening? Why did Millennial Pink rise to fame? It's because of the filter world. <laughs> There's only one man with the answers. Uh, okay, cool. That sounds great. Why don't we give Kyle a zoom, and uh, we're gonna get into it, man. How long gone is brought to you by our dear friends at BetterHelp, Jason. BetterHelp, you know, summer travel season is coming up. Luckily, my BetterHelp therapist also fancies themselves a bit of a travel agent. So for maybe the first half of our sweet sessions, we were spent off, obviously off clock going through, you know, hotels, ferries, car rentals, restaurant recommendations. It's as if I have two wives. I have two wives inside of me. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, so uh, it, it is a fun way to find and connect different therapists you get one that you really like you guys are gossiping you guys are chit-chatting you guys are talking about your personal interests next thing you know it's time to actually do the work so it feels good building those uh mental health relationships with people you actually like and on BetterHelp, there are so many different therapists to choose from i don't like anyone if you're thinking of starting <laughs> therapy give BetterHelp a try it's entirely online 
Designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash HowLongToday to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash HowLong. Nice. How Long Gone is brought to you by Nutrafol. As you know, you know hair thinning is quite complicated. Like your skin, hair is a reflection of your health. Uh oh, and internal factors can impact the way your hair looks, feels, and most importantly, grows. Nutrafol's whole body approach multi targets underlying root causes like stress, hormone fluctuations, and nutrient gaps for visibly thicker, stronger hair. Go ahead, give it a tug. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth suppy with over 1 million people seeking thicker, stronger, faster growing hair with considerably less shedding thank god take the first step <laughs> to visibly thicker healthier hair for a limited time Nutrafol is offering our listeners ten dollars off your first month's subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code how long all one word find out why over 4500 healthcare professionals and stylists and professional stylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair Nutrafol.com spelled n-u-t R-A-F-O-L. I got Raf on the nut. <laughs> dot com promo code how long. That's Nutrafol.com promo code how long. I have a podcast mic if if that is better. Uh what what do you got? Let me see. Whip it out, King. Audio, audio pro, pull it out. <laughs> Did you just say pull it out? Is that the I don't know what they're saying nowadays, Kyle. I don't know. I don't know. God, don't grip it like that, you little. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, you should use it. You should use it. Yeah, I mean, it, it if it's I'll right there it. and you brought it in your suitcase, right you might as well, right? I literally did for all of these <laughs> press hits, you know? Don't worry. We've noticed that you've gotten every piece of press possible. Shout out to our friend Elena, but I just don't. I was literally like, people say how long gone gets oh good God. press. Kyle just lapped us. Honey, just lapped honey. us. Um, imagine if how long gone wrote a book. Oh my God. Oh, no, the no. the oh, cover of time. <laughs> <laughs> Bestseller list, you know, all the best reviews for how long. Gone. Well, I just wanted to talk about because, you know, you've done some other podcasts, like some smaller, less prestigious podcasts this week. And I just wanted to, you mm -hmm. know, Kind of, it's you know, just remember, <laughs> just remember what you did first, Kyle. You know what I mean? Exactly. Terry, Gro no. Terry Gross wasn't calling a couple years ago. It was like episode pre a hundred or something. I don't remember. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Oh, I was a baby then. Those early editions. Early editions. So <laughs> you did the NPR. What was it? What you just said it, Chris? I forgot. Fresh air. Fresh air. Fresh air. And then what else have you done? Uh, Ezra Klein really kicked off the tweets. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Everyone kicked off the tweets, huh? Everyone and their mom loves Ezra. Uh, not us. Not, not us that <laughs> yeah, much. Don't worry. It's not us. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's fine. He's just a little boring. I did listen to the your NPR episode, and I noticed she was like. Kyle, you're like a master of algorithms. <laughs> I'm very into plants, and I see a lot of plants in my algorithm. And then you're like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's how it works. <laughs> That's what they deliver. They give you the plants. So what was it like being on that roller coaster ride? <laughs> well, it's kind of like the generational divide is very clear. Really, like Some people are very online and totally get it immediately, and other people you have to be like, 
no, this is the reality I live in. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Like I'm bombarded by fiddly figs all day long. <laughs> this is really my life. I right, mean, I'm sure, getting sure, sure. right now. I'm getting so many like neck fixers because I have <laughs> I, my my neck has been hurting me a little bit, and I bought something on Amazon probably eight months ago. Like a little, like a little foam thing that you lay on that kind of helps helps yeah, yeah, arch yeah. your neck. You do it, 10 Chris. Minutes. You shouldn't have said the N word. I know. I'm sorry. Neck. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I know. Now your all all of our phones are going to be blowing up. With, well, so are you going to get the iron neck where you I get, attach? Well, it no, to I like get your, iron neck, but I also get this one that like you put on. That's almost like a. I get iron neck too. It, it goes on almost like shoulder pads, like NFL style. Okay. It goes over the neck, and then there's like a. Like a tw you twist it and it like straightens your it no like, no this is so medieval it like this yeah is like it's, the rack <laughs> yes, it's you're putting yourself on the rack yeah, right now okay so the yassified medieval torture and uh, and it's and Klarna is available for it <laughs> and unfor unfortunately I am I am susceptible to this kind of marketing I'm like damn this looks pretty sick it's only fifty bucks like who cares you know but I've resisted yeah. and also we're as we're we're all old. And the world of pain remedy, you know, the, the pain market is what? Trillions, oh, yeah. probably. It's the opioid adult. Yeah, exactly. Well, <laughs> that, that, that leads me to my next point. One, he can buy an exercise thing off of Instagram every day and still not spend as much money as people spend on pills. No, oh, I, as I could, I so could buy all everything that is to say, I Chris, see. Treat yourself. I could buy everything I see for years and not spend. There's as much so money. many things. Just Chris, just say the word plantar fasciitis into your phone right now oh yeah it's gonna be and you are gonna go i get some foot i'm into foot stuff as well you know that we're all aware of that <laughs> kyle what about you i thought the like talking to your phone thing was fake like i thought oh yeah they're not really listening <laughs> to you but i literally said the atlantic out loud yesterday and the first instagram ad was for the atlantic the ocean or the magazine <laughs> The magazine, sadly. <laughs> the ocean is advertising. I, I would have rather. I hope the ocean is advertising to me. Fall <laughs> like, in love with the Atlantic Ocean all over again. We know you've been, but when's the last time you've been? You know, my taste. Well, you, you, were, Kyle, you were talking about, you know, different generations and older people might not know about you being bombarded with fig yes. and things like that. And I, it, it had me thinking when you when you write a book like this, Filter World. It makes me wonder who is it exactly for because you kind of have like the people like us and who are younger who are like this is all stuff that we all know mm -hmm. but you're chronicling it and you're writing it out in a very well-written prose and it's it's like a, for posterity it's nice to see somebody who's really good at writing yeah. lay it all out so the generation you know in 50 years I could tell my grandkids about avocado toast and Kyle wrote about it. <laughs> Or is it the older generation who are just like the world of algorithms is frightening and evil and I'd like to learn a little bit more about it. Yeah. Because if I was old, I'd be like, don't show me that. Like, I don't want to know how the sausage is made. I don't want to know how the world is filtered. I think every book is for everyone and everyone should buy it for, <laughs> for one thing. But it is like, I don't know. I wrote it to try and explain <laughs> the situation we're in to just be like, okay, here's how it works right now. Like, here's what, how the yeah. 2010s internet, what it was like. And I think like, for me, I want to talk to my peers and like break down our brain poison mm -hmm. <laughs> kind of like, like, oh, let's mm -hmm. all kind of step back and think about what 
like feeds have done to us, but it has the the other positive effect of like explaining why we're so fucked up to other people, mm-hmm. <laughs> like to the to a different generation mm-hmm. or maybe to a younger generation too, who are like, why are millennials so stupid? Yeah, I, I <laughs> feel like, like well, we have enemies on both sides <laughs> these days. Right, like we exactly. have enemies. The old heads don't like us. The young people don't. Ironically, like us. I wrote a book about why I'm so stupid. <laughs> a thing that. <laughs> Most stupid people are not able to accomplish. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The self awareness is really breathtaking. It's, it's breathtaking. It? Do, do your now? Do you? Do your parents like understand what you're talking about? Are they like? Are they? Are they like? Oh, Kyle wrote another book, and we're not going to read this one either. <laughs> A lot of like my parents and their friends sometimes have read these books and be like, "Yeah, the writing was really nice, but I have no idea what you're talking about." Like, <laughs> yeah, you said yeah. So the writing of, felt good, right. but there's some words in there I didn't under. I, I don't can need tell to you know. worked really hard on this book, but like, why? What? <laughs> no, no. What is this? Why and what? My parents read the the New Yorker essay I wrote about like my life on the internet. Oh, they didn't like that. And my d- <laughs> my dad was like. Oh yeah, I wondered what you were doing on that <laughs> online video game for years of your life. <laughs> like I knew, I knew he was jacking off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I, I think yeah. Now, now I the understand. family computer at that stage it was a was truly only used by like us. You know, like my like it was purchased by my father because he had one in his office and he thought we should have one at home. Mm-hmm. But like that motherfucker was never on it. I was on that shit in a chat room eight hours a day right you're immersed he, in it yeah he couldn't get in if he wanted to and wait till i got zip drives it was over so it was just like you know it's, it's what are you putting on those zips all kinds of stuff man picture <laughs> jpegs you know music all kinds of stuff just my jpeg collection i have a nice jpeg collection but i remember that <laughs> I, but there was a there was a thing with family computers during this era where like was it in an area of the house that was easy to access or was it in like a basement because it was mostly about jerking off. And that is, that is the parents knew that the basement was, yeah, the basement was more effective in that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, no one's walking by the screen, you know, like no one's walking by the screen. And that, yeah, but, but I, I would argue better. is the basement a little too easy. Is that kind of like bumper bowling? It is. Do you need, uh, do you need the thrill of being, you know, that door could open up at any moment well, the, and in my, it's all over for you. In my house, it was in a, it was in a room that was, was very unused by the front door that was in a, a little area where people just weren't there wasn't a lot of foot traffic unless one was jacking off there's no real reason to go in there exactly there's there, there the the things that you bought to hold your computer were these giant kind of like armoire-esque mm-hmm. pieces of furniture that had like a we had like a pull-down desk that when you opened it and the computer was here so it was like it, it didn't yeah. it was it wasn't they were just so rare, you know, or there was, it wasn't, it wasn't, it's crazy to think about them not being portable, I guess. They're fixed in one place. They're like hidden away. It's like a treasure chest yeah. that it's locked away. In. Yeah. It's like an occasional object. Yeah. Yeah. Was, Whereas now yeah. we're just like computers are everywhere at once and they're just like floating in the ether. I look at a screen all day, every day. That's all yeah. I do. That's all I yeah. fucking do. Well, was that healthier? Was that healthier to be able to go in, use your punch card, put your internet <laughs> punch card? I'm going to do my internet work. I'm going to research what I need to research, send my emails, put the hat back on, punch card, and then walk out, and then you go back into the real world. I feel like that was a little bit of a 
of a healthier situation, right? Yeah, you can like close it away. Mm-hmm. Like I remember the transition from like checking my email sometimes to just being on Gmail 24-7 yeah. basically. Yeah. And I felt much better when I was only looking at my email once every hour or two instead of just this ambient awareness. It was like you're in Spain on gap year and you had to go to the internet cafe, you know what I mean, to yes. check your email. It was, <laughs> the, it was a simpler time. The internet should be only in cafes. Yeah. <laughs> we'll just like yeah. only it's, it's nice the same way uh the same way mail should only be in your mailbox. It's like if wherever you are in the world when a new letter or piece of junk mail arrives, a a, a small man comes and finds you at the grocery store at the park and hands you Here's your bed and mm. bath and beyond, you know, after a while. <laughs> Here's a bill. That's Here's the answer, though. It's just shouting in your face all day long. That like, is. No, it really is. Push alerts. Push when you put it like that, well, I turn off all, I, I have no alert. I have email, but I don't have any other alerts. Like I, Yeah, I, I don't, don't do alerts. People that have all the alerts and you see the, the, the home screen, I'm like, you're a psycho. Like, I don't, Instagram messages coming up on the home screen? Yeah. That's, that's crazy, no. dude. That's annoying no, no, no. as hell. That's so annoying. It's it's not urgent. Like email, at least could be urgent. Well, it's it's annoying for you, Chris, because you have a life. But if that Instagram is your only real <laughs> lifeline, then that's that's everything to you. Like I was at the gym today. Also, Kyle, do you think gym is the new selfie wall? We'll talk about that later. Put a pin in it. But <laughs> I saw I saw a girl set up her phone and she used like the big. You know when they have the big metal hydro flask that kind of looks like a like a jug yes like it's like a full gallon like something you'd buy like cider in 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 the olden days or whatever she set her phone up use that as a tripod to film herself putting a baseball hat on in a cool (laughs) way how many take (laughs) how many takes did we get before you had to look away well before before that she was filming herself jumping rope the entire time i was at the gym which wasn't you know it was like an hour or so she filmed herself jumping rope in different parts of the gym and then putting on this hat in like a in like a very badass kind of way from different It's just angles. like a content studio. And that kind of person It's a content studio. Yeah, that kind of person loves. So so yeah, the gym is is the new angel wings painted on the Williamsburg brick wall, right? Right, because you're just posing. It's like posing rather than exercising or like you're creating the image of exercising more so than you're actually exercising. And it'd be weird if you weren't wearing no clothing. <laughs> yeah, I mean you have to dress up, up look hot, like take the selfies, take I mean, the this videos. Takes, this takes me back, Jason to the story that you told me about like the the only fans girls coming in super early in the morning and just kind of like mm-hmm. pulling their titties out and working out <laughs> because they need to get gym shots yeah 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 and they're just like fuck it i'm at equinox at 5 a.m and they they you said to me they just stop saying something because the employees were like i don't know what to do they just keep coming it's ma'am, so insane ma'am could you pull put the titty back <laughs> Yeah, yeah but crazy. I mean, if, if I'm like some lunkhead fucking juiced up guy drinking a Celsius at 530 a.m. and some girl has her tit out on the thigh machine, I'm going to be like, I fucking love my job, dude. This is sick yeah, as hell. No, no, of course. But it feels like there should be somebody in the Equinox organization that's like, maybe this isn't okay, you know? But I, it is a, yeah. everything is a content studio, but the gym is a place that I, I see it um, uh, the most. Do you guys produce gym content? No. Like, are you are you doing the videos? Are you making proof? I, of your- I posted uh, I posted a mirror selfie on the rowing machine at Equinox yesterday, and then some gay guy on Instagram said aesthetic AF. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, it's should the gym be 
an aesthetic experience. Like, I thought it was just about lifting heavy stuff. Depends on how much money you have. <laughs> Kyle, it's funny you ask that, but as as somebody who would love to be in a jail-style weight room, the, <laughs> those aren't really available. Like, I, they're not available. Like, that, that doesn't... It might exist in, like, Ridgewood or some shit, but, like, <laughs> I... In the, in the areas that I frequent, all of the gyms are obnoxious and have too many TVs and have, like, you know, a store and a cafe and people. The one thing I notice at Equinox that really blows my mind is that people work there. Like, all, like, if you go at the wrong time, every table is full of people on their laptops working, like headphones on taking calls. Equinox is the only place in New York that has a bathroom you can use. That's why. You got to be a member. Done. I, I just I I can't do it. Like I won't use my laptop in public if I can absolutely help. We it. should just separate the areas of our life into different places. Yeah. <laughs> like, do we really yeah, need yeah, to like yeah, do yeah. our emails and work out and film ourselves and like yes. you know go to the cafe yeah. all in the same place? It's like no. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we used to go to different places. <laughs> there used to be different places for different things, and now there's just one space for everything, and you never leave. You're kind of right, honestly. It re- it really like people. I'm like, so are you here for three hours because you work out you shower you use the free you know keels and then you go downstairs and bang out a couple zoom calls like it just it feels insane i want out of there as fast as possible like i do not i i I want i want to do my thing and get out right i mean this is like the the staying home culture too i feel like once people started doing everything in their own home now they're just used to doing everything in some other place like you have the sense of never leaving or just doing all that you can everywhere. I really don't understand it. <laughs> what do you think? What, what do you think? What do you think about the return to the office? Cause it's, it's happening yes, slowly. Totally. Like, do you, do, but do you think we'll never be back to full tilt? I feel like it's going to happen eventually. I mean, if we forget like human civilization forgets in a way and people trickle back to the office and figure it out. But I do think offices are getting smaller, which seems like it'll make them suck even more. It's like, okay, now your office can only fit 60% of your employees and they have to all like pack themselves in and get a hot desk or whatever. The rising obesity rates, is that what you mean? Yeah. I think it means just lack of space. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You cut down you cut down on your real estate and they're like everyone's downsizing we're divesting from real estate over here in corporate america well, I, we're we're there's more the population is growing there's no housing there's all these giant office buildings with no occupancy aren't we all just going to eventually just never leave our little house yeah turn the offices into apartment buildings with gyms <laughs> yeah exactly never have to leave i mean i, I <laughs> sleep in your gym yes equinox has hotels kyle you know that they, they're, they're doing they're doing the best they can to get you to do it. <laughs> but kyle you, you said eventually integrated lifestyle we will return to the office culture but i feel like uh, you know i don't i don't like this but i feel like we are on the path to one day just not really ever leaving the home for anything. Career World is a new cookbook written by Dookie Hong and friend of the show, Matt Rodbard, the New York Times best-selling authors of the book Koreatown. Korea World is a vibrant exploration of the evolution of Korean cuisine, both in Korea and in Korea towns across the United States, with more than 75 bold, flavor-packed recipes and stunning photography. The authors take an inside look at the exciting evolution of Korean food through stories of chefs, home cooks, as well as recipes that are shaping modern Korean cuisine. The book begins in Seoul, where the barbecue scene is pushing into new territory and where the city's third wave coffee culture 
is exploding. The tour continues with late night food adventures in Los Angeles, my hometown, and stops into the kitchens of innovative chefs from New York City to Portland who are putting modern spins on Korean classics. Recipes include giant short ribs, whole fried smash rockfish, and pineapple kimchi fried rice. I'm sad I didn't get to name the foods and you did. <laughs> Korea World is essential reading for anyone curious about the future of food. Available wherever books are sold. Yeah, I think that will also happen. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm kind of like a weird case because I've been a freelancer for a decade and like now I'm on staff at The New Yorker, but I still work from home. So I kind of like fetishize the office in a way. I'm like, why don't you want to go somewhere? Why don't you want to be in a different I, space? I'm and, like, in the same, but I mean, I go to the J Crew office like once or twice a week if I'm in New York and it, it's it's truly a novelty and it's like fun and I feel so productive and like it's just a whole different it's a whole different thing right it's this thing of dividing your life too like you can do yeah. work in your workplace and you yeah. know sleep in your sleep place and when i when i get <laughs> when i get home and i put my lunch lunch pail down and kind of take my hard hat off and i just, i feel like i did i did something but it, it, it also yeah. you know, it's nice it's very similar to when when you hear people talk about you know therapy going to your therapist's office once a week that is a big part of it, but the ritual of walking there and walking home, mm -hmm. that's the real part of it. That's the real destination, not the journey or whatever. And I feel like that process of leaving your house and going to an office and coming back is like a necessary journey and destination for everyone's life or else you just kind of like you almost don't even need better help if you just walk to your job and walk home every day <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah but if you do use the promo code how long gone at checkout for 20 percent off <laughs> do you go kyle do you work at home or are you going to a local washington a district of columbia he's typing in hipster coffee shop on yelp and that's where he's working chris what the fuck <laughs> yeah around my home <laughs> yeah literally i mean when i was writing this book like in the real throes of it i was literally walking a block away to the lobby of this line hotel dc mm. I would see the same baristas every day. <laughs> I would like sit in the same spot and just like write the book. Kyle, I've been to that. I've stayed. I've stayed at that line. It's the only nice one. The and I'm so, nice one. I'm so surprised that it's in D.C. of all places. Yeah, I think they actually <laughs> had a bunch of like tax dodges and stuff and subsidies. So I think they've got a good deal on it for some okay, reason. I like that. So you would go there just to just to change spots oh, for sure yeah like and literally have a routine like i would go at 1 p.m every day and then stay till four and write a thousand words and that would be my work and it felt good what a, what a bad breaking schedule that 1 p.m to 4 p.m how did you how did you manage that and get and have you know relationships or anything like that i know it's hard to balance no, but honestly lifestyle. that's a thousand words a day is a thousand words a day is a good way to finish a book, right? Yeah, it's not easy. Shout out Jamie Attenberg's book, A Thousand Words, okay. <laughs> which will help you do that. Um, but yeah, I think A Thousand Words a Day is good. I feel like you need the mental preparation for that. And then you're like, okay, I'm going to sit down and do nothing but write. Like, do you guys have writing routines? No, I, I, like, you just I do, do it. it when I got to do it. Like, I don't, I mean, I, <laughs> I, I do my best work laying down. I will say that. Oh my God. Um, but I, I, I don't, <laughs> I can't. Classic bottom. Like the thought of like being like, okay, for the for the next <laughs> for the next three hours, 
I'm going to sit in front of this laptop. I just can't. I can't do that. That's like all I can do. <laughs> oh, that's why you have that's why you have two books and I have a bunch of 600 word columns, Kyle. That's the difference. Do you write in your phone ever? Do you like write in oh, no, the notes no. app? That's no, like I, crazy to me. I've never done that in my life. I, I'll write notes in my notes app about something to write yeah, later, no, but yeah, I won't yeah, actually I'll, write. Right, right. Yeah, like full paragraphs, like drafting your thing in your notes app. I, I'm just crazy. not. A, I'm not a. I'm just not really a phone guy. I'm like a computer guy. I I can't really like Jason knows this. I start. I didn't start. Like I book flights. Like people that book flights on the the phone. I'm like that's crazy. Oh man, I totally feel that. It's like it lends some seriousness to the endeavor when you're on your. Yeah, laptop. that's what I'm mean. like. No, that's, this is a real I mean. task. I need to do it on my laptop mm-hmm. and this is the legacy of the desktop computer yes like we're like no you need the objects you need the the totemic thing in front of you to really be doing internet totemic. work so you're saying if something comes to you and you need to go a little deeper you can do that on the notes app in transit or whatever and then get it back and craft it later right you can just like take down your random thoughts like inspiration yeah. or whatever and then you flesh it out i love random i love random thoughts i just i know there's people that actually like use the not just celebrities apologizing but like people writing <laughs> like real shit on the notes app like going <laughs> crazy and i just don't no, i don't, no. i can't do that that's not how my thumbs are going eggers mode on the notes app chris you okay over there <laughs> you look chris looks like he's at a strip club right now why you, you you keep looking at somebody in front of you and going like this. Ooh, no, that, yeah, that's I was something was thrown at me. That that's why. Was it was it some ass? <laughs> yeah, Chris, what's your poster here? It's Triscuits. It's my <laughs> Matthew Serletti <laughs> Triscuit uh, print that I bought from Karma. Incredible. That is one of my prize positions. I'm a. I grew up with a Triscuit loving father, so it really feels it hits close to home. <laughs> this is the nostalgic art object that brings back your childhood. <laughs> See, I knew it's you'd beautiful. put it. In, I knew you'd put it in Kyle's speak <laughs> for me. I knew you'd. I knew. I you'd, can't help it. I'm sorry. I just can't help it's, it. How I am, <laughs> uh, Kyle? Do you uh, do you want to talk about Pitchfork? Oh yeah, totally. So um, so Pitchfork is dead. Che Diaz is dead. There's not uh, what else? There's one. There's the rule of thirds. Like one. What else is going to come next? You know, something else has to fall. Yeah, I don't know what. But what? So they're putting it under GQ. Like Pitchfork is getting absorbed by GQ. I mean, friends were telling me, oh, Chris Black is going to take over. <laughs> <laughs> I made one innocuous tweet. Yeah, I got I got a couple <laughs> yeah. DMs. No, I I'm not. DMs. I don't like if if I took over Pitchfork, it would be a lot more listenable music, which may may be better for the bottom line. <laughs> like Pitchfork was <laughs> how I figured out my taste as, as like a teenager. Like that's where I found music yeah. and discovered stuff and like found people whose tastes I admired and that was super great. Yeah, me too. And I used to I used to use our computer at our mommy and daddy's house in the jack off room too and now things have changed. <laughs> I mean the, the hysterics online about it are funny because it's one of those things where it's like if you guys went to this site more it would probably be fine but you you are nostalgic for it when you discovered it and used it. You haven't looked at it in ten years, and now you're up in arms that the that the the bills weren't getting paid. You know, and it's when like, you do tweet about it, it's negatively. Always, it's about how it sucks, <laughs> and the review is awful, and this is blah blah blah. Right, people did love to hate on it. Yeah, like yeah. like for years and years and years, they were critiquing whatever review is up. Like because they're they're very opinionated, and they graded 
you know, people's life's work with a decimal point <laughs> numerical scale. And that pisses a lot of people off. We do need more opinionated shit. Like we need like Chris's columns are opinionated. We should all just be having strong opinions. I mean, I don't time. think I just don't think a business model of paying two hundred dollars for a record review is going to really I, I just don't. But I don't. I guess that the hysterics about it that I've seen, because I've seen a lot of people talking about it, and it's like they really act like it's something. I don't know. It's just the seriousness of it, and it's like, well, guys, it just didn't make business sense. It wasn't making mo- it wasn't making enough money, so something has to change. Like that's just what happens in life. I don't. I don't know what. It's, it's not a subsidized utility. Yeah, like it's. They don't owe you this. Like they don't owe you. Th- I, I just don't understand the attitude about it. Publications are always coming and going in a way. Like sometimes. Yeah. You know, Pitchfork is under GQ. Maybe it'll get revived. Maybe someone else will reboot it. Like we see magazines now bought and sold. <laughs> like you know, yeah, all the time, multiple times a year. We're like, okay, who owns? the gawker ruins now or like who like (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, yeah. for when you can't afford a basketball team like jezebel is owned by stereo gum yeah yeah it's uh, It's like (laughs) why not why not you know it's like mad libs and the readers don't notice in a way like like only people like us pay attention to media parent companies yeah no one gives a shit no that's what i mean no one gives a shit and i think that people are like where's where's this stuff gonna go like what and i'm like i don't think it needs to go anywhere and that's the problem i i I think that we might have moved past the the need for you know overly educated dorks to intellectualize (laughs) ariana grande as well as like a spanish-speaking flamenco album you know what i mean and now we're done with this project yeah Like, like i can just i just don't think it's like someone's responsibility to to shine a light on niche music or culture that's not like that's not a business where do you find stuff though like you're you guys are tastemakers i'm not fucking telling you kyle kidding me (laughs) this is is what everyone is asking me where do you find the good stuff and i'm like i i don't know it's hard oh i use blogs i use a series of blogs yeah (laughs) same i mean i look at twitter i read blogs i I actually read stereo i mean i read stereo i read pitchfork i looked at it every day but i don't i'm not gonna miss it because it's not it was like a habit and every once in a while there's something good, but it's basically a news aggregator with reviews of shit I don't care about. Mm-hmm. Kind of. Y- y- you know what I mean? Like that's what it was. If, if you want the news element, you hire one person, they can do that. That's not hard. I feel like you guys are critics. <laughs> like you guys are the new critics and like introducing people to stuff and explaining things. I, I mean, that's that's fine. I, I don't, but I, I mean, there's also a, a pretty good, robust kind of like british mm. the line of best fit and like there, there's like weird british ones that are quite good yeah and we should hunt that stuff down like it's cool to go read a blog that's in another country <laughs> like we should i mean broaden I, our horizons and like see what else is happening out there of i course. just yeah well how am i going to find out about a new you know rape charge and a member of arcade fire i don't know <laughs> I, I don't know i don't know where to go for that i don't know i don't know where to go i have to go loss. to brooklyn vegan or stereo <laughs> yeah. gum brooklyn vegan and let's not forget our friends over at lamb goat for the more extreme music you know there's all kinds of there's there's all kinds of these things that exist but i think pitchfork was the you know pitchfork was the delta of the show but kyle speaking of criticism and us being critics there's a the new yorker podcast with nomi fry they just had an episode today about criticism itself and it it was quite good so i recommend listening to that for our friend of the show Fry. yeah it's like everyone wants critics we want criticism 
and we want people to tell us what to like and why they like it like that i feel yeah. like that never goes away i think um they a point that they made on that episode was part of being a, a good critic or a successful critic is you have to have a sense of humor and you have to use it a little bit because if you don't then there's no way of knowing or proving to the reader that you like anything at all and if you don't like anything at all why should i be reading mm, your criticism mm. um and and some of the best amazing pitchfork reviews are ones that are funny yeah for and i sure. don't think i could really recall the last time i read a pitchfork review that had even a line of humor in it like you can't you know hate I mean? everything like everything can't be bad and you can't love everything yeah no but this is the, but this is the thing i mean this is the issue with something like pitchfork is that like as a writer and that kind of writer you know that it's probably more fun to shit on something and shitting on something will get you more clicks yeah that's yeah. the that's the reality like a glowing review is not as exciting as a monkey pissing in its own mouth review <laughs> the jet, you know, it's the like famous a, jet yeah, album. yeah we, well just, we said yesterday or on the last episode with with stav nobody wants to hear a comedian talk about how good their relationship is going <laughs> yeah yeah no it's right it's true it's the same idea the it's internet the incentivizes idea. pans like like you you do yeah, the pan yeah. you like are vociferously negative you hate it and that's what makes people People quote it. They're like, "Oh shit, this this book just got knifed in the back." <laughs> like, like it's like <laughs> yeah, spectating no, on a crime. Yeah, and 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 since Pitchfork does have that hyper specific scale down to the decibel point, I feel like nowadays in 2024, with everything going on and all of our TikToks and blah blah blah, unless it is a best new music or a 1.4. Nobody is ever going to even care to <laughs> yeah. read further than the subheadline. Yeah. yeah, like what is the seven point five versus the eight point two? <laughs> like, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. it doesn't fucking matter. The thing that killed them made them stronger, and that was the numerical scale. Like that, I think you're right. Like no one reads past. Well, it, it. was awesome at the time, but I think now that the the classic or trash, yeah, it, you know, the destruction of the middle class of of opinions. And it, you know they they had to adapt or die. And now we just evaluate everything by numbers anyway. Like we look at how many views on a TikTok, we yeah. look at how many likes on an Instagram. Like that numerical thing is not. We're overwhelmed by it now. Yeah, that's what we do. I mean, I think the other thing that really affected the the whole business of criticism is like stand culture. Honestly, like you can live. You're going to get doxxed if you don't give Taylor Swift or Nicki Minaj or Ariana Grande a ten, and it's just. I'm not going to risk my life for 500 bucks. It's going to ruin my mentions if nothing else. Yeah, like fandom, like fandom is not the same thing as appreciation, I think. Yeah. Like the fan the fandom is like rabid consumers of a personality cult and they will demand that you like everything and they like everything. And like that's not how you relate to culture necessarily. Like you don't have to be obsessed with the persona of the artist. You can like an album without being like going nuts over the yeah, person. I, I like a lot of music and don't want to wear the singer's skin. You know, it's 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 fine. Just to, <laughs> it's fine. Just to like, damn, this rocks. Like, it's Kyle, totally cool. Speaking of wearing someone's skin, you tweeted about how nobody knows where or how to buy pants. Have you found any any leads on your journey? Oh my god, no. Everyone, this is my criticism. Everyone needs to tell me where to buy pants. What are you looking for? What are you looking for? Yeah, sweetheart? what are you looking? We'll let you us out. help you. Let us help you, Kyle. I mean, Uniqlo's this, my standard. That's where I'll just like buy jeans and they're fine. But Wait, I feel are, like, are you looking to upgrade now yeah, that your now yeah. that your second book is out? You're making a little <laughs> bread. You got a staff job. Yeah, I got caught between the like two skinny jeans era and now the wide legged pants era, which like 
I was in London a few weeks ago and all of the pants are like 1.5 times wider <laughs> and like two inches shorter than America. And I was kind of into it. Yes. So, but you're a slender guy. So I feel like your sample size, you know what I mean? So, but brands, like what are the brands I need to look for here? I, I mean, this is funny because there was a big debate about this in Lauren, in the, in Lauren's line sheet about men buying jeans because she was stunned to find out that all men just by rag and bone and she's like what like yeah. I, I haven't thought about that in fucking 10 years <laughs> you know what i mean and so i i think that the suggestions were all over the place but if you want jeans i mean you can stick with an apc or an acne you can go to orslo if you want something more japanese i mean you know it, there's options but there's like a whole world of like the black kind of chino ish thing yeah but it doesn't look like a chino i i have some pants like that they're from the row you should check those guys out. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, kind of, <laughs> yeah, that'll be my next book. Advance. Yeah. You can, you can blow the whole thing on one pair of pants. I mean, they're on I think deep that, sale. It, I think that what you're talking about is because of the effects of like athleisure where all guys want a pant they can like run in, but also wear to the office. And I think that that has made, I need a pant that I'm able to defend my family against minorities <laughs> yes. in at yes. any yes. given moment. The capital <laughs> defends my family. <laughs> <laughs> I can't storm in these trousers. <laughs> Look, you might have to do it at any moment. Like, you never know. Look, in, in Biden's America, anything can happen. And I, I think that you don't need, you're not a guy on the front lines. Like, you don't need pants that you can react in. You just need some nice, well-fitting kind <laughs> of salvage denim, in. you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I just feel like I'm stuck between the Uniqlo and, like, the Brunello Cuccinelli shit that I obviously can't <laughs> afford. Sure, sure. <laughs> you know? do, you, do you shop? online or do you like to go IRL? I like to go IRL. Like I'm still not adjusted to fashion e-commerce. Like the the idea of ordering a bunch of clothes and then trying them online and or trying them on and then sending a bunch back is still totally out of my Well that's what that's what I do. I go on the real real I I order ten pairs of Brunello Cuccinelli pants that are $110 <laughs> because they're on sale. And then you know three out of those ten work. You take the seven over to the real real store some guy who's on drugs gives you an instant credit on the MX back and then you go have lunch. It's a beautiful, it's a beautiful thing. Okay. This is what I need to do. That's the process. Like that's just, no, Jason's got it dialed in. I can't, if I buy something online, it doesn't fit. I give it away or put it in the closet. Like I can't return, but you have, that's yeah. the thing. You have to buy it in bulk because that way you get the free shipping. Uh, and then that way you have those options where you're just like, if I just get one hit out of these five, I drop my line in the ocean. I get one fish. I'm happy. I feel like Chris, though. I'm like, once the thing is in my house, it's like I'm responsible for it. And it's just it was my mistake, <laughs> basically. <laughs> like, like when I see people returning things to Amazon, I'm like that what's in that box costs less than $20. This is a waste of your time. Like this is literally a waste of your time unless it's like I just I, hey, Tony I, can't, Robbins. I can't be bothered. And I love going to I love going to the post office. I'm a big FedEx UPS. I like that. I'm good at it. Big parcel it guy myself. I'm a big parcel guy. I'm a, I have a PO box. I'm a mail forward guy. Like I get mail every day. But but I only want to be on the receiving end. I don't want to be giving the mail. I like putting stuff on the street. You know what I mean? Like just put it on the curb. Oh, I, oh, I lo Kyle, someone oh, will pick it I up. love putting stuff like, on the street. Our DC has a lot of like those little free libraries where people leave books. And I yeah. just like take all of my galleys and the like 
endless same books that that people send me and then put them out there. And I'm like, I feel like I'm stalking the neighborhood bookstore, you know? You could get all the latest release. This shit ain't even out yet, bitch. <laughs> yeah, I got, exactly, yeah, exactly. It ain't even out yet. I mean, I, I leaving stuff on the street is arguably one of the best parts about living in New York City. That it, it really is. You can drop something off and it's it's there's a foot of snow on the ground and it's a broken <laughs> mirror and it's gone in 30 seconds. Like that's so satisfying. Like, it's crazy. It's crazy. That's like who needs algorithmic feeds when like a random person will absolutely walk by and think they need that exact thing and like it has a go. really exactly. cool kind of third world feel to it guys. Sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sounds awesome. Yeah. Just you guys live in the center of the world and culture where people sort of pick up each other's garbage off the street. It's, it's, it really is. <laughs> well, when it's like an Eames chair, you're like, oh, why did you leave this Eames chair on the street? I don't know why, but it's there. It's only a 65-inch flat screen. Just, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. Just, let's just put it it's out. It's just a knockoff Eames. It's not the real thing. So, like, I've put in, it. I've actually put I an Eames, I've actually put an Eames chair on that because it was <laughs> broken and I couldn't get it fixed properly. <laughs> And I had to get it out of my apartment because I was moving. And I was like, you know what? There's somebody who can fix this chair. And they're going to be so psyched to find this. And I felt good about it. Like, it doesn't feel wasteful because somebody's actually probably happy to find it. Yeah, you're giving them happiness. You're like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. they're going to be so happy and joyful when they find this thing on the street that they totally wanted. And it just serendipitously found them. So great. I say that every time I litter. <laughs> Makes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> When Jason throws the in and out wrapper out of the Tesla, that's exactly how he feels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when I when I pull a penny out of my pocket and look at it like like Sean Puffy Combs looks at a dollar bill and I throw it on the sidewalk. Same like, someone's gonna really enjoy this. Kyle Kyle, why do you why do you live in DC? Are you from DC or do you just love being around politics? No, my wife is a politics reporter. So that is that is the reason that we're in DC. Okay. She's gotta be in on the hill. So she's gotta the, be on the it's hill. The family business. Okay, she's gotta be on the hill. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but the weird thing about politics reporters is that they're always leaving DC. <laughs> like, sure, sure. They're always like gallivanting around somewhere else. And like, doesn't the politics happen here? They're always gallivanting to like Afghanistan <laughs> yeah. and Kiev. Exactly. Okay, babe, if you have to go to Iowa, I guess that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, I mean, Jess is a saint. She flew back. She drove to Chicago and then flew back from Chicago to DC to be at my book event. Oh, that's so that was, that's that's, that's, very that, that's very nice. That's very nice. That's wifey shit right there, baby. Exactly, it is wifey shit. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, th there's this one thing that someone told me about DC that is scarred into my brain forever, and I will never forget. I need to like credit this person, but they described DC as the world's conference room. They were like, everyone just shows up, does their business, stays for as little time as possible, and then leaves again. <laughs> that's like, that's the vibe. And somewhere around one o'clock, everyone gets a sweet green. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, 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 it's totally definitely true. consultant lunch vibes in DC, 100%. Yeah, so it's just like you leave every weekend. Everyone's always leaving. It's a it's an odd dynamic. Sounds like a great place to live. I honestly DC is low key beautiful and I, I I've I was I didn't discover that until years after going there frequently and being like, wait a second, there are parts of this that are just breathtaking. And I, I had no I had no idea. But the summer my parents made us go there for a, a summer trip once and the heat was oppressive. And I do have scars. Yeah, August is horrific. But yeah, like the architecture of the residential areas, the houses nice. are really beautiful. It has some great art museums. Like there's a lot to recommend it. Um, 
except for the politics. <laughs> I'm like, oh man, the city yeah. would be amazing if it wasn't the hub of the American government. So if there's <laughs> if there's a hot re- if there's like a hot restaurant in DC, is it like in LA, it's full of celebrities in New York, it's full of rich people, maybe some celebrities in DC, it's full of like fat white guys with gray hair. <laughs> it's full of like house reps. Okay. <laughs> like think tank people and like, you know, here's so and so's publicist, or like here's the comms director of yeah. blah blah blah. It's like a whole Well, do you think do you think Jason and I should look get into lobbying? I feel like that could be kind of a, a profitable thing. It business seems so lucrative, us. right? What would you lobby for? Like water? Drinking we water. lobby. <laughs> we mostly lobby for McNugget buddies at this moment, but we're willing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. renewable and fossil fuels, stuff like that. The thing about us is we'll lobby for anything, <laughs> and that's why I think it's that's why I think it's a not profitable. anything. I mean, I would I wouldn't do maybe nuclear weapons, but anything kind of. I mean, I'll do Halliburton. I, you know, I'll do I'll sponsored do by Rock, Raytheon. <laughs> yeah. buy the new you know war drone yeah exactly i think that's i think that I, <laughs> offer code how long gone 10 exactly. off your 100 million dollar war plan <laughs> would you I, I don't think i would lobby nra no, no i wouldn't lobby no, no no but you could be like the cigarette lobby that's a like good the hestia the, lobby and they're paying whatever. they're paying yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah tobacco pockets are still fat jason like that they they still got money yeah and hestia um I'm I'm running low. I'm gonna need another drop ship pretty soon here. Just a little. Well, it's not, thanks, Kyle, okay. for teeing Sorry. that up. Have you guys done a live event in DC ever? No, but it's funny. I was talking to our agent, um, and he was asking about it. He was asking if maybe we wanted to try this year, and I was like, I don't have any data to support this, um, but it is a city that is so rich with young people with incomes that it feels like it could work for us. But I don't know if I don't know if they might be it, hate listening to us in D.C. Though you know what I mean? Like we're yeah, yeah. we're getting their ad rep. Hate see you in real life. Yeah, they could hate pay money to come see us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they'll totally do that. It's very masochistic, D.C. Okay, but I, I feel like D.C. I feel like there's also not a lot going on. I mean, besides like I mean, I know every band plays there because it's like a legendary kind of city for music. But like beyond that, is there is there is there stuff happening every night? You no, know? no, there's there's a good restaurant scene. There's a lot of shows, events, et cetera. But I feel like actually, Chris, you would really like DC because the main form of entertainment is getting up at 5 a.m. and running 20 miles. <laughs> yeah, like, like My guys. everyone's just like, oh, no, I have to go to bed early because I have to wake up at 5 a.m. and train mm. for my DIY marathon I'll by see running you. along the mall. I'll like, see you on mile five at the Lincoln Memorial, and then I'll hit you. <laughs> I'll hit you uh, on the way. Okay. Kyle, are you running at 5 a.m. every day? No, absolutely not. Though I have taken up jogging in, in Rock Creek Park with my... I, I run with my dog, which I think <laughs> from my how long gone listening is is judged as bullshit. But Kyle, unfortunately, uh, yeah, unfortunately, Kyle, that's not <laughs> exercise. That's more of an outing, outing with your yeah, animal. Exactly. Jogging is exercise, Chris. Jogging is exercise. No, I think jogging is exercise. When you add the element of a dog, it becomes a dog walk at a higher higher rate of speed. <laughs> but I have I have an argument against this because actually the dog is a form of resistance. The dog is like it's basically okay. just a band. It's a weighted band. Yeah, literally, and it's random. It has a mind of its own. <laughs> so you d- you don't know what way you're pulling. Yeah, this like, this actually yeah. this could help with the stability work, which I think is something that is you know we kind of take for. And granted. also, if you have a fast dog, that's a pace car that you're trying to keep up with. It could get the PR built up even higher, Chris. Yeah, it's like having the wind at your back. 
I have a like, feeling that Kyle's dog is not fast. Is my guess. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't. I don't know why I have that feeling. Kyle, do you gut. have an Italian greyhound? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that would be very cool. We have a dog named Rhubarb, who is a, a plot hound, like Southern Mountain Dog. But. Plot hound, Southern Mountain Dog. What the fuck is that? Slow. <laughs> so the plot hound is a it really feels like a slur. I'm going to say, Kyle. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> P-L-O-T-T. It's actually a German Two family that's even worse. <laughs> oh, that's bad. Yeah, you're making your you're making your case worse. Yeah, yeah. So they they were bred to hunt bears in the woods, and it, they were like, Just like kamikaze Chris. bear killing dogs. Wow. So I'm back. I'm rhubarb back. is far too refined for that, and could not kill a bear, but. Mm -hmm. The spirit is there, maybe. You feel, yeah, you feel that when you're in your little run, little <laughs> jogs. Yeah, yeah, vicious, vicious momentum <laughs> running after those bears. So, so this book, this book tour, this, it's pretty real. I feel like you're doing like what, like eight cities or something. Uh, let's see: D.C., New York, Boston, L.A., San Francisco, like the the standard by coastal. Uh, do you get a per diem? I do. Yeah. Sick. Which is very nice. I feel very supported. Shout out to <laughs> Double Day and Elena and Thomas and all my pals there. That's because that's because the that's because that's because these are the kind of books that actually sell. <laughs> these cool fiction books these chicks get half a million bucks for, then like I'll sell. The guest sold. Like Catherine Lacey is doing good. The the guest is one book. You know what I mean? Like that is <laughs> that is one book. I mean, there's that airmail story about how like the industry was basically like, I don't know how long we can keep doing this. Like, I don't know like how this keeps working. We keep giving advances and no one's delivering. No, you know what they say? Like all my, my publisher, everyone I talk to podcasts, sell books Yeah, because <laughs> people trust you. Really? People trust your voices. And we have a built in audience. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to buy the books that, that Chris and Jason tell me to buy. That's good. I so. mean, even if the book is bad, they'll fucking buy it. Oh yeah. Books are just objects anyway. That, on a, <laughs> They're just tell like, me about it. Oh, I know. That's the truth. I, know. I, have, I, have a, I definitely ain't reading them. Yeah. I, <laughs> I like mine with pictures, so I have a room full of those, but I also no, I've been reading more lately. I've actually very proud of myself for like being able to put my phone down for an hour Swag. Um, and it does it does bring me it, it gives me a kind of because I used to be like a crazy reader when I was younger. And so it gives me that feeling sometimes. And I really I, I didn't know that would happen. So I'm very glad that I've been able to figure this out. <laughs> it gives you the feeling of being cr a crazy teen reader. Just being like so engrossed in something that you like cannot put it down. Like I'm do like, you, do you lay face down on the bed and then have your, your feet legs, up, your oh, feet yeah, up in the back? <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Only for the best books. The best yeah, books only for the you good kick ones. your feet in the yeah. air. You know. Kyle's book. I'm on the couch legs <laughs> down, but if it's a communing seriously a, with it, I just, I just wish they were book. I wish they were books that made me do that, but they're just so few books that, well, the, the thing is it's, it's only going to be, the only way that happens is fiction for me. Like I can't, I'm not, I'm not going to lose myself in a book about the civil war. <laughs> you know what I mean? But like, I think that the, everyone, everyone has a different taste, you know, it's like the fiction immerses sure, you. Sure. Someone else might do the civil war. Clearly many people would get immersed in my critiques of the internet. Many, many such cases. <laughs> it's a real page turner. Uh, hundreds of thousands, but I think there's different reasons to read. Yeah, yeah. Like I, f I feel like re there's reading fiction is for entertainment reading a book like yours is to like actually learn something. You know, it's a different, it, it, it is entertaining, but there's- You a, learn from nonfiction as well. Yeah, like 
Nonfiction is self-help now. Yeah, <laughs> it's like yeah, you yeah. read a book to to make yourself better, to improve your mind, to like think in a different way. That's like true. books yeah. work for that. But I just I can't <clears throat> I don't as a person who doesn't watch movies, I just feel like a, a book is is so much more work. But it gives me I, I, that's the feeling I feel like people get at the movies when they like it. It's like they're lose they've lost themselves in it. It doesn't matter that it's four hours long and the music sucks. It's like I'm gonna sit in this chair and finish it, and that's how I I think that's what I'm. Yeah, missing. you're having a full experience, but it's like it's so amazing to find that and to like something hits you, but you never know what it's gonna be. Like like it's so hard to predict. Yeah, you're telling me. Don't look at my Amazon history, sweetheart. <laughs> oh, baby. We got some hits and misses in there. No, no. The, the books that everyone's telling me they they can't stop reading are like the sexy dragon romanticy books. Have you guys heard of these? Re well, you, you kind of lost me a dragon. Is that literal? <laughs> literal. Literal dragons. So they're like fantasy books uh -huh. with like fucking in them. Okay. They're like they're like sexy dragons and dragon riders and stuff. And who who are who are the people telling you that this is dope? Oh, everyone. Publishing people. Oh, okay. Publishing people are telling that because they're selling. Yes, they are definitely selling. But then they they read them and they're like, oh wow, it actually is good. Like I'm actually <laughs> stuck reading this thing. Are the dragons having sex with other dragons, <laughs> or is it like a beast? Are they having sex with I humans? I think it's both, Jason. I don't want to. I, I don't, don't know. Are are the dragons hot? Great question. <laughs> I mean, are the dragons hot to each other or to their riders? I mean, look, yeah, you're cute. You're cute. <laughs> Not classically. Hot. Yeah, I, I don't. I mean, I like a very certain kind of dragon, so I don't know if this would, I don't know if this would be for me. You know? Very particular. I'm very particular about the kind of dragon. I mean, is that is that is that very bad for our for humanity that dragon fantasy erotica is number one? <laughs> well, I don't think that's one? what's happening. I mean, uh, no, I think it's good in a way. <laughs> It's like people are buying books, they're reading stuff, you know, reading well, is good. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It's better it's better overall. <laughs> a very strong stance there, Kyle. Okay, okay no, no, I yeah, have a reading reading good. Think about this. <laughs> Buy books like, good, you, reading them good. Would you rather have the sexy dragon books or have them be a Netflix show that everyone's bothering you about? Great point. Books. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The books, the sexy dragon books better than the TV show. Well, that's only yeah. because you can't show fucking on Netflix, especially dragon. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That dragon vein on Netflix. Ted doesn't <laughs> covering my kids eyes. Beep, Ted doesn't look. allow uh, dragon play on his on his little streaming service dragon hole. So it's a little bit. <laughs> have you been uh, Kyle? Have you been following the Barnes and Noble resurgence? Yes, it's coming back, right? And it's it's due to the CEO guy who ran Daunt Books in the UK. Yes, yeah. One of my favorite third places. <laughs> one of, easily one of my but I I went to the the one um over Christmas in at the Grove in LA and they had and I've been there many times but they had fully redone it and it's kind of insane because I thought it was going to just be like records and greeting cards and like you know like tchotchkes and games but it's actually mostly books it's like yeah. actually optimized for books like magazines are hidden the starbucks is hidden but it's like actually about books which is very surprising to me it's great i mean i think his strategy is like let the stores choose what to put out like let the stores be mm. different in different places mm. let the worker like the staff influence what gets shown because they know what sells. Yeah, and that's also like that's the 
that's why we go to McNally Jackson is because there's recommendations from the employees that are nerds that read all day. Like they yeah. know what the fuck they're talking about. So Barnes about, and Nobles you know? destroyed the independent bookstore and then took their business model. <laughs> yes. And used it against them for the second round. Amazon, and now they're like the underdog once more. Now we're the little itty bitty indies. I think you, I think that feels right, but I also think it might be the kind of situation where it actually like a Barnes and Noble opens and it helps the independent bookstores. You know what I'm saying? Like that happens with certain businesses where it's like, mm -hmm. it doesn't really Rising make sense. Tide. Yeah. But it, but I, I think that that could be true, but I, I mean, but Barnes and now when you go to a Barnes and Noble, there's nowhere to sit anymore. Whereas there used to be a pretty yeah. good amount of seating. Sup with that Kyle filter man. <laughs> no, they're specializing. They're not trying to help you do everything in one place. You want them to put a gym in the Barnes and Noble too? Yeah, you want to go work out in the books. Can we put a stationary? Can we put a stationary bike over here in the sci-fi section? I think. <laughs> I think there's a spectrum between working out at a bookstore and not wanting to stand while you read. Who reads a book while standing? Perverts. Do you read a book in the bookstore though? Yeah. Who reads at the bookstore? That's the whole issue. Homeless people. <laughs> yeah. I mean that. That's the thing. Barnes and Noble is no longer a public restroom. It's a place that where they're trying to sell some literature, and that's that's a good move for a corporation. It's better business. Yeah, I mean, I hope it works. I hope it works. The more books sell, the better it is for everyone and books and humanity. I Mostly think. you, but everyone as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's really great for me and kind of my people and other people as you well. You know, reading is good for you. I agree. Yeah, it is. It I is. um I commented on Instagram a couple of days ago saying I won't have time to finish your book before we podcast today and then you replied you don't you don't need to read the book you are the book <laughs> and, i think did i say you live it you live the book more more or less that's the gist of it and i was wondering if you meant that derogatory or not derogatory <laughs> oh no i think like we're all implicated like we're we're all very online we're all like getting pushed around by the instagram algorithm our tastes are all shaped on the internet. Like we're all trying to make our voices heard in a way. So if we're all that, then no one needs to read your book. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's the, the future people need to read the book. It's uh, so you can know what the 20 times were like, my book will be there. Buy, the buy, buy, buy filter world for your child, <laughs> okay. your cousins, your little sister, your little brother. They need this more Jason than us. <laughs> I think is what he's saying. Yeah. Right, we've right. lived it. We've experienced it. We know it sucks. Now we have to tell other people <laughs> like you're doing, you're doing God's work as a cog in the algorithmic wheel. I have to tell my story. Yes, exactly. We have to monetize our content. Obviously, Kyle, who do you think's online? Who do you think's online more me or you? That's a tough one. Uh, Pull up the screen time, host. I don't measure it. <laughs> I don't even. I don't even want to see that. No, <laughs> no, I don't. I mean, well, also most of my screen time or a lot of it is on the computer, so it's not right. Exactly, not a fair representation of just phone. I feel like you might be on Twitter more, but I might be on other stuff more. Snippies? like, like okay. Instagram, <laughs> TikTok. You know? Yeah. I don't use TikTok. I don't use TikTok. I am on Twitter a lot. I, I I was saying this at lunch earlier with my friend Nathan, but I was just like the the for you is so dialed in right now for me that it is just hilarious. Like the pitchfork shit on for you right now is killing me. It's so <laughs> funny. It's so good, and it's like so it works for you. 
It works. The algorithm is working. The algorithm. That's my whole point. The algorithm is working. That's my whole thing. Because you've trained it so well. You've like given it your whole self, and now it's giving yourself back to you. Hard work pays off, brother. I gave the algorithm all of myself. Thank you, Kyle, for joining us. Filter World's in stores everywhere. Uh, everywhere you get books, and um, in LA, LA, we're going to be twenty third. Kyle and I are going to be chatting at Skylight. Uh, I think it's seven p.m. on on the twenty on the twenty third. Yeah, I'll be there. Yeah, we're going to do a literary scene. Big them jeans will be there. Kyle and I will probably have a similar conversation to this, where we don't cover like a lot of the book, but it'll come up. You know what I mean? It'll come up a little. Yeah, bit. mostly it'll be sexy dragons. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, we're gonna we're gonna. That's the real the real point here. What do you find sexy about dragons, Kyle? Uh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for- Thank you for joining us, and uh, we'll see you next week. We're looking forward to it. Yeah, thank you, guys. Peace out, player.